Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by lead pastor Dave Ferguson as we kick off the series, Emotionally Healthy Relationships. If you're new, we'd love to learn your name. Simply text CONNECT to 630-793-6399 and we'll send you more information about community. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. Hello, and welcome to Community Online. My name is Lauren Wise, and I am so glad you're joining us today as we begin a brand new series called Emotionally Healthy Relationships. As we begin, let me say a special welcome to those of you who are brand new to community. We're so glad you found us online. Our lead pastor, Dave Ferguson, is going to bring us the message. Let's turn it over to Dave for week one in our series, Emotionally Healthy Relationships. What? Blah, blah, blah. Wow. Are you kidding me? No. I told you. Yeah, stop. right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> I want to welcome you once again to Community Online. And wherever you're joining us from, maybe it's here in Chicagoland, somewhere across the United States, or even around the world. And I'll tell you what, do me a favor, wherever you're joining us from, uh, Leave us a little message in the chat there. Just tell us where you're joining us from. We'd love to welcome you to our community family. And I'll tell you what, wherever you're joining us from, none of us like to be the victim of false advertising. And I bet all of us have experienced it to a degree. Like, for example, uh, you pick up a box of one of my favorite cereals, Raisin Bran, only to discover it doesn't necessarily have two scoops of raisins. Or um, my son Josh lives in Cincinnati. And in Cincinnati, they rave. They rave about Skyline Chili. And so I don't have time right now to drive to Cincinnati, but I want some Skyline Chili. I pick some up at a local grocer, and it looks like that. That's gross. Or how many of you ever bought your kid a SpongeBob ice cream treat? And you give it to them, and instead of giving them ice cream, what you do is you give them nightmares. That's what that is. And see, here's the thing. False advertising doesn't just show up in food products. It shows up in lots of different places. For example, Monster.com, the job search firm, they tell us that 85% of all resumes exaggerate about the skills or the experiences on them. 85%. The Federal Trade Commission, they actually have standards that you're supposed to meet when advertising a used car. What they tell us, according to uh, Automotive News, is that no more than 10% of all ads are compliant. 90% of used car ads have some kind of false advertising. So whether it's a resume or used car deals, Nobody likes false advertising. Here's why. Because when reality doesn't meet the expectation, there's this gap called disappointment. When reality doesn't meet expectation, there's this gap called disappointment. Now, we'll get over a misfigured ice cream treat. But what happens when that occurs in our relationships? What happens then? How do you manage that when reality doesn't meet the expectations, and there's this gap of disappointment. Because I think all of us know what it's like to have disappointment find its way into our relationships. And I'll tell you what, what I want you to do right now is I want you to think of one relationship that has some disappointment in it. The reality, expectation, disappointment. And maybe it's a friendship. Uh, it's a friendship you used to rely on, but, but now your connection feels, it feels more distant and inaccessible. Or maybe it's a family member. 
And, so, and lately, the, with his family members, it's felt more like competition or conflict, where there used to be closeness and connection. Or maybe it's in your marriage. I mean, you remember when you walked down the aisle? Here was the expectation. And it feels like here's the reality. And there's a part of you, you wouldn't say it out loud, but you want to go like, man, that felt like false advertising. And see, I think all of us long to close the gap, and we want close relationships. Yet oftentimes, the reality doesn't meet the expectations, and we walk around with so much disappointment. What do you do then? What do you do then? I'll tell you what, that is why I'm so excited about this five-week series we're starting today uh, called Emotionally Healthy Relationships. This is going to be such a great series. A couple of friends of mine uh, wrote a book called Emotionally Healthy Relationship. Uh, Pete and Jerry Cesaro out in New York City uh, just did a great job with it, and a lot of the content comes from there. And here's what we're going to do during this series. We're going to make sure that by the end of this series, you know how to better give love and also receive love, both ways. And along the way, we're going to give you five we're going to give you five relational skills that you're going to be able to put into practice in your relationship, one every week. And this whole conversation is so important, and here's why. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Here, here's how he responds in Matthew chapter 22. He says, here's the greatest commandment. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And it's almost like Jesus said, well, but I can't really stop at just one. i got to combine them. And he said this. He goes, and the second is like it. You love your neighbor as yourself. And what Jesus was saying is the growing mark, or the mark rather of a growing Christ follower, someone who's apprenticing with Jesus, is both a deepening love for God and a deepening love for others. And these two commands are just connected. And because of that, let me just say this as your pastor, oftentimes our greatest roadblock to spiritual maturity is our relational immaturity our relational immaturity. The Cesaros point this out. They say it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally, or you can also put in there relationally, emotionally, relationally immature. So here's my challenge before I give you the first skill. And the challenge, the challenge is this. For every one of us, that, myself included, because I'm going to put these into practice. First of all, I want you to do this. I want you to be brave. The truth is relationships are hard work. And sometimes they're just plain hard. And facing the struggles, especially our disappointments, this is not going to be easy. But I'm telling you, we can do this together and you've got to be brave. But here, here's the second thing I'm going to challenge you with. Not just be brave, but during this series, all five weeks, be open. Open yourself up to let God speak to you. And also, that maybe you play a part. You play a part in that gap called disappointment. That you play a part in it. And then lastly, be ready. You be ready to put into action the stuff you're about to learn. I'm going to give you these five skills, myself and other teachers, over the next five weeks. And and don't just learn them, but actually put them into action. So let's be brave, be open, and be ready to put it into action. All right, so here's the first relational skill. First relational skill of five. I'm really excited about this. Here it is. Clarify expectations. you got to clarify your expectations. Man, I'll tell you, this is a game changer. So hang with me on all this. A great place for us to start is this way. As Americans, we are universally known for, and it's absolutely true, that we just have high expectations. High expectations. I was was reading this book. It's fascinating that they will take the same product and market it different in Britain 
than they will in the United States because of our high expectations. So, so for example, like a cold relief capsule, right? In Britain, they will tell you, they'll advertise, this cold relief capsule will make you feel a little better. And in the advertisement, they'll, they'll show you someone who's at home from work, they're still in their pajamas, they have puffy eyes and a red nose, but a slight smile because they're starting to feel better thanks to the cold medicine. That's in Britain. Now, in the US though, same exact same product. Here's how they advertise it. Instantaneous relief. <laughs> they show the person already at work, the person's running faster than ever, the guy's closing the deal, the woman's pr- making this great presentation, then after work, they feel so great, they go bowling together. <laughs> that's, that's the way Americans think about it. And the book summarizes it this way. It says, the British expect, or the British don't expect rather, over-the-counter drugs to change their lives, whereas Americans, we will settle for nothing less. We have high expectations. There's another book called The Image that deals with this topic of high expectations. And, and here's what it says, and, and wait into this with me. This will be worth it. It says this, we expect anything and everything. We expect contradictory and the impossible. We expect compact cars which are spacious, luxury cars which are economical. You getting the flavor? We expect to eat and stay thin, to be constantly on the move and ever more neighborly to go to a church of our choice and yet feel its guiding power over us, to revere God and also to be God. And then it kind of concludes, it says this, never have people been more masters of their environment, yet never has a people felt more deceived and disappointed, for never has a people expected so much more than the world could possibly offer. (laughs) And see, as Americans, we have ridiculously high expectations. And we take those expectations into our relationships, into our relationships. Because here's the expectation, but often here's the reality. And there's this gap that creates this this disappointment. So for us to have, we're talking about emotionally healthy relationships, we have to deal with first um, unhealthy expectations. What are some of those unhealthy expectations? I have a chart here for you. And I think this is gonna be very helpful. It was very helpful to me. Here's how it starts, unhealthy expectations. The first expectation that's unhealthy is, is what I would call unconscious, unconscious. We don't even know we have this expectation until it goes unmet. <laughs> and then you feel the sting of the disappointment. Uh, maybe you expect your roommate to immediately uh, wash the dishes right after dinner because that's how they did it in your house growing up. Or maybe you expect your kids to get all A's. I mean, I got all A's, right? Or even in your marriage, you expect your husband to be Mr. Handyman because, well, my, my dad was kind of a Mr. Fix-It. Or you expect your wife to be a great cook because, well, my, my mom stayed at home and she did all the cooking. It was really good. <laughs> and we have these weird unconscious expectations that we just kind of think that's the way the whole world ought to operate. And it doesn't. That is an unhealthy expectation. We're going to talk about, come back to that. A second one is this we call unreasonable an unreasonable expectation. Um, they just aren't grounded in reality. Uh, I, I, had a, I had a guy, a friend uh, of mine, who got very mad, was very disappointed with me, um, came to me at one point, got in a tough financial spot, needed some money for rent, and so Sue and I wasn't alone. We just said, no, we want you just to have it. We gave it to him. Um, a little later on, this is sometime later on, they got in a bind, with their car, their car was gonna be repossessed. They actually did a GoFundMe to keep their car from getting repossessed. I found out 
that he took some of the money from the GoFundMe and started gambling with it. Well, then he comes back to me and he gets in the financial bind again and he says, hey, would, would you help me out again? And at that point I said, I can't. I, I can't for you. Because to me that was, at this point, okay, gambling away, GoFundMe money, it was unreasonable. There was a disconnect though. He was hurt. He was disappointed. See, unreasonable expectations could also be things like uh, you expecting a friend just to be available whenever you want them to be available, to do whatever you want them to do. That's unreasonable. Now, sometimes expectations are reasonable, but the problem is here, they're just unspoken. We never actually voice them out loud with our words. Uh, I remember Sue and I, we were one of the last of our set of friends, a set of friends to have a baby. And uh, so when Sue had our first, had Amy, I mean, she was heroic. No drugs. I mean, she was amazing. But unknown to me, all of her friends, all of her girlfriends, their husbands, when they had a baby, brought them flowers, uh, brought them uh, perfume, or brought them some kind of a gift, right? Maybe jewelry. Like, I think they call it a push present, right? And... Um, now, my dad, on the other hand, I, I, the way I remember the story told, my dad wasn't even in the same state when I was born. So um, I'm not aware that I'm supposed to bring a gift. And you're going like, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. I just didn't know. And um, it was unspoken, at least to me. So I show up at the hospital. And when I show up at the hospital, I show up with a balloon. And then I give it, it's for Amy. Because I'm thinking, and I'm thinking to myself, man, already I'm being a good dad. And, I have, and, and, and it's nothing ever gets said, but it's about a month later, in a tearful conversation, Sue voices the expectation, which you're all going like, you should have known this, you're a moron. Voices out loud says, hey, you know what? All my friends got a gift when the child was born. You didn't do that. That really hurt. Which was a great thing for her to say, because guess what? We had two more kids, and I had a couple more tries to get it right. See, there's some unhealthy expectations. Sometimes they're just unspoken. We have to say them out loud, no matter how obvious, okay, they might be. Other unhealthy expectations are these right here. They're just unagreed upon. Just because you invite someone to a party doesn't mean they're going to come to the party. They didn't agree to it. Just because you ask someone to take you to the airport doesn't mean they're going to take you to the airport because they didn't agree to it. Just because Sue puts their dirty clothes hamper in our bedroom doesn't mean I'm going to put clothes in there <laughs> unless I agree to it, which I have agreed to, okay? You have, they have to be agreed upon, agreed upon expectations. <clears throat> and here's what ends up happening. Eventually, these unconscious, unreasonable, unspoken, unagreed upon expectations, they go unmet. And when they go unmet and also unexamined by us, pretty soon we start making judgments about that other person, assumptions about the, uh, that other person. And that's when pain and confusion and this disappointment gap, that's when it shows up. Resentment begins to build and there's a wall, a wall in the relationship. Let me ask you, have you ever been there? Are you there right now? I mean, it, it's so familiar. I know, I know many of you are. And what happens if you, if you don't deal with this, if they go unexamined, unresolved, friendships fall apart, small groups disintegrate, working relationships crumble, families blow up, and marriages, I'm telling you, marriages will just collapse. So the question is, what do we do? 
What do we do? Uh, how do we move forward with emotionally healthy relationships? Well, let me give you a couple things you need to stop, two things you need to stop, and two things I want you to start. All right, stop. First of all, you have to stop. Stop mind reading. Stop mind reading. We're often unaware of how we are constantly making up stories, um, taking in our own assumptions about why people are doing the things they're doing around us. A couple years ago, our whole family was up in Door County uh, on vacation up in Wisconsin. And we'd been there a few days, and the place we were renting was kind of starting to get trashed. Uh, There were Gatorade bottles and granola wrappers and dirty dishes just all over. And it was mostly the boys. So Sue pulled the two boys aside, and she says, hey, guys, listen. This is all of our vacation. I'm not cleaning up after you, so you need to pick up after yourselves. Essentially, like, don't be pigs. (laughs) About that time, I come walking into the, the, like the living room, the main space there. And I'm picking up Gatorade bottles. I'm picking up granola wrappers. I'm kind of generally straightening the place. And I can see the look on her face like she's getting more and more angry. I have no idea what's going on. And points to the other room. And so we both, I knew what that meant. We both walk into the other room. And she basically starts saying, hey, why are you trying to make me be the bad guy? And you like the good guy. I'm always the bad parent. You're the good parent. What's going on here? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm, I was just trying to clean up a little bit, trying to help out around here. Well, Sue assumed, okay, she thought I'd heard the whole conversation. And in this case, it was just really bad timing on my part. I hadn't heard the conversation. And so now I knew why she was thinking that, why she felt that disappointment, and why she was expressing it, which was spoken, which was good, right? So often, here's the thing, we think we know the thoughts. We think we know the motives, and we don't. Now, Scripture tells us this. It says this, fools find no pleasure in understanding what's really going on, but they delight in airing their own opinions. When we act as if we got it all figured out and we don't approach our relationship with some humility, it's like we're playing God. We're assuming, oh, I know what's happening, when you really don't know what's happening. And and we're just, what we're doing there, we may be filling our relationships with unhealthy expectations. All right, here's the second thing you got to stop. The second thing, so first of all, you you have to stop mind reading, but secondly, stop making judgments. Matthew says this, it tells us this. It says, do not judge or you will be judged. And judging one another, it's just so easy to do. Psychologists even have a, a big old term for it. They call it fundamental attribution error. Fundamental attribution error, or FAE. And basically what it means is this, is that when somebody else does something that is wrong, we make this, we we attribute that to bad character. You're a moron. You're a jerk. That's why you're doing that. When we do the exact same thing, well, it's circumstances. There's all kinds of environmental factors that I had to do that. Does that make sense? So for example, when someone cuts you off in traffic, if they cut you off in traffic, you've done this, I've done this. You jerk, what a jerk. We never think that maybe they're rushing somebody to the hospital or maybe they're late getting their kid to school. Now, when Dave cuts someone off, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, but hey, I'm five minutes from my appointment, right? It's okay. It's not bad character. There's, there's other excuses around it. That's what's going on. And this fundamental attribution error is something, unfortunately, we all do it. And if we're going to have healthy, emotional, emotionally healthy relationships, we have to stop making these judgments. 
All right, there's also some things we have to start. We stop those things, some things we have to start. And what we have to start doing is this. This one's so, 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 so critical. Please hear me on this. Start having conversations. Start having conversations. The wisdom of Solomon, right out of the Bible, says, the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, right? You acquire knowledge. For the ears of the wise, they actually seek it out. Simply put, the only way to discover what a person is really thinking, what's really going on, what's really in their heart and their motives is to ask questions, listen, and have a conversation. Let me, let me illustrate it this way. Um, what, what do you think's in this little box? In fact, I'll tell you what, go ahead in the chat room, just guess. What do you think's in this little box here? What do you think's in this little box? What do you think's in there? And we can all guess. We can probably come up with two or three or four guesses. You can guess all you want. The only way you're going to know what's in this box is if I open up the box and let you see what's inside the box. Or if I tell you, because I know, if I tell you what's inside the box. And here's my point. People, okay, we're like this box. The only way to know what's going on inside me, inside one another, is to open up the box. And the best way to open up the box of someone's heart is conversation. Hey, how you doing? No, I mean, really, how you doing? And you ask them, well, well tell me more about that. And then probe a little more. Can you explain why you feel that way? And dig a little deeper. I think what you're saying is this. Is, is that true? The, the only way is to open up the box. And see, these conversations, this is what's so crucial lead to understanding, understanding lead to emotionally healthy relationships. So we have to start having conversations. And that means we just simply have to, right, open the box. What's in the box? What's in the box? Let's see. Huh. Nothing's in the box. <laughs> Another example of false advertising. All right, sorry about that. Um, so here's the second thing you have to start doing. Not only start having conversations, but start clarifying your expectations. Okay, we're all the way back to where we started from with our, with our big kind of takeaway. Start clarifying expectations. And I want to go back to our chart, okay? Here's how you clarify those expectations. To have healthy expectations, what you, need, you first have to become not unconscious, but you become conscious. This is going to require some work. You have to really do some work here and pause Examine your own thoughts in that relationship that you picked. Examine your own desires. Identify those clear expectations that aren't being met, that you're carrying into that family relationship, that you're carrying into that friendship, that you carry into that marriage. Really do some work on those. Why are those there? Where do those come from? Then after that, the second thing is you have to do this. Instead of unreasonable, make sure they're realistic expectations. They, they, we're not... It can't be rainbows and unicorns, okay? They have to be realistic expectations. Is there any evidence to support? Yeah, this is a realistic expectation. And the best way to know if it's a realistic expectation in a relationship would be this. Has that person done it in the past? Have they fulfilled that expectation in the past? Or have they stated or shown a willingness to fulfill that expectation? If so, then that would be, okay, that's a realistic expectation, and then next, and this one's so crucial, because this gets close to back to the conversation. Go from unspoken to spoken. 
Whatever the relationship you picked, where there's this gap of disappointment, say it out loud. Just use your words. Say, you know what? Next time we have a kid, bring me a gift. <laughs> you don't have to say idiot. You might be thinking, but just say, bring me a gift, you, right? And chances are, if they're a decent human being, they love you, they're going to get it right. They're going to get it right. Make it spoken. Finally, a healthy expectation is also agreed upon, okay? Just because I have the expectation doesn't mean the other person shares the expectation. For an expectation to be healthy, both parties, both people, both family members, both employer and employee, husband and wife, we have to agree upon it. And here's the thing. Now, look at this. I want you to look at this here. And if some of you are viewing, you want to take a picture of it on your screen, that would be smart. Because what you have here, this, this together helps shape emotionally healthy relationships. And here's how I want to challenge every one of you, myself included today. Go back to that most important relationship you're thinking about, where here's reality, here's the expectation, here's the kind of disappointment, all right? And it might be a spouse, could be a, as a parent, could be with your parent, even as an adult, could be a friendship, could be an employer relationship. But rather than getting defensive and rather than immediately blaming the other person, I wanna encourage you to take an honest look at your own expectations and say, okay, are my expectations for this relationship are they unhealthy or are they healthy? And if some of them are unhealthy, how do I move them over here to healthy expectations? And as you do, I'm telling you, be brave, remember our challenge, be open and be ready to take action. I'm telling you, this is a game changer for you. It is so important. And I know relationships are hard. I know a lot of us, we have, we have, we have scars and hurts and struggles, but we can do this together. Um, I was really inspired this past week. Um, I did a funeral for my Aunt Jean. My Aunt Jean uh, passed away at 92 years of age. And she was just one of those people who, I mean, she knew how to give love and she knew how to receive love. Um, an amazing Christian woman. And I want to show you this picture here. Um, this is my Aunt Jean who survived by my Uncle Guy. Okay? Both in their 90s. They were married more than 70 years. And part of the reason I share that picture is, I mean, that just looks like two people who really like each other. And they did. I mean, they loved each other, but they also liked each other. And you know what? They may not have had the same words that we're using today, but they did the hard work we're talking about. And it was worth it. And I want that for you. I want that for you. And if they were to explain kind of the, the foundation for all of this, they would, they would probably point to a verse like this one in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that God's love has been poured out into our hearts. Because for both of them, they received God's love, allowed God to pour love okay, into their hearts. And then out of that experience, it empowered them to begin to love other people the exact same way. The exact same way. And I'll tell you, when you do that, when you, have, when you will do that, and if you will do that, if you haven't done that, receive God's unconditional he will never leave you, never forsake you kind of love. I'm telling you, then you'll have a source of love there that you can love other people in a way you never could on your own. And you can enter into this work that we're talking about. Let's all do that. Because that'll be the beginning of emotionally healthy relationships. Let's pray. Father God, I want to say thanks for every relationship that's represented. For every relationship that's being thought about even now. Lord, I ask that you help us to love like you do. 
You made your expectations so clear in Jesus that you would love us unconditionally. We just had to receive it. Help us to use that as a model and help us to use these tools so we can begin not just to love you, but also love one another. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.